Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. You know, we've been uh, talking about the Do Not Fear series. I don't know, Sybilla always says that she doesn't think anybody ever knows we're in a series. Do you know we're in a series? Good, thank you. Thank you for knowing we are in a series. <laughs> Do Not Fear is our series that we are in. So in that, uh, mine is, is Jesus really enough for today? Do we fear today? Do not fear what's going to come today. In Matthew 6, I mean, you all, whether you are churched or not churched, you uh, know the story that Jesus tells uh, about don't worry about tomorrow. And he talks about the birds in the air and the wildflowers in the fields. And he says, look at them. They're not worried. They're trusting their creator. And he says, how much more will I take care of you than I take care of them? And then he says at the very last of chapter 6 in Matthew, he says, do not worry about tomorrow, for today has enough trouble of its own. Well, when I read that, I go, yikes, today has enough trouble of its own? You know, Jesus really let us know that trouble's coming. He told us that several times, that trouble, it's on its way. Do not fear. Today is what we're going to talk about. One time I was in a a conference, and a man there was talking about the persecuted church that's around the world. And, I mean, you're seeing the news in Afghanistan, persecuted Christians uh, there, and, and in many places in the world, no freedom to talk about Jesus openly and to become a believer, the persecuted church. And the man was talking one story after another of just how amazing God's grace was for these people as they were being persecuted for Christ, for uh, believing in Jesus Christ. And he, he uh, would talk about how they would be singing praises to God, singing as they went to their death. So as I sat there, I kept listening and asking God, how does this apply to me, Jesus? How do I take what I'm hearing, because it was very overwhelming, How do I take this, and how does this apply to me? I walked out and realized as I walked out of this wonderful conference, the world was still moving forward. Traffic was still on the street. uh, Supper still needed to be fixed. And then I realized, how do I make it today when I'm not about to die? When I don't have dying grace that God would give me, how do I make it today? And what do I do to live for Christ today. Is Jesus truly able to take me through today and to take me through today as a witness, as a victorious Christian in him? And, so, and I thought about it. I thought, you know, if I, if I died for Christ, once I would die. Living for Christ? I have to do that every day. I really do, and, I, and as I weigh this out, I don't want to die for Christ. I, uh, don't get me wrong there. But I, the thought of how do I live for him every day in, <coughs> excuse me, in a way that is pleasing to him every single day in the victory of his grace. 
I love the stories of uh, people that have overcome all odds. You like them too. I mean, they'll be the ones that have millions of hits on the YouTube videos of, of everybody just loves these stories that they overcome the odds. I want to be that believer story that overcame the odds. You want to be that story as a believer in Jesus Christ that no matter what came into the day, you and Jesus overcame that day. So why do we struggle? Why do we struggle so much to live well today, to live well in the frustrations with the, the traffic, with school, with your jobs, with your family, with the cold? I get miserable in the cold. JP told me the other day, he actually sees how miserable I really am in the cold. He now is more sympathetic to me. How do I live joyfully when I'm freezing to death daily? How do we live like that? So when we look at this, we say, do not fear. That's equal to have faith in God. Now, the interesting thing, do not fear is equal to have faith in God. It's the only way we cannot fear is having faith in God. Our definition of faith is complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Complete trust. Not just a little. Complete trust. For the believer, it's, it's acting like God is really telling the truth. Living like he really is going to do what he says he's going to do. Believing in what he has done and what he can do. Faith is not determined by our feelings. It's determined by my choices. It's determined by your choices of how you choose to make it through these difficult circumstances that you're going through today. Does my life, does your life, show the extent of our faith in our God? Not just my words, not just talking about Jesus. I love talking about Jesus, by the way. I love God conversations. There's some of you that I love getting into a God conversation with. I love it. It encourages me. But does my life also show you, even more so than my words are saying, that I really trust my Heavenly Father? If someone watched you and me going through our day, would they know our Jesus? Would they know that we trust him with everything? In Mark 4, it starts off with our story that we're going to look at today. And Jesus is teaching, once again, he's teaching by the lake shore, and the crowd just gets so much, so he actually gets in a boat and pushes out just a little bit so he can teach. And he begins to teach a lot of parables. So there's the parable of the lamp, and each time he's saying, the kingdom of God is like. So the parable of the lamp parable of the growing seed, the parable of the mustard seed. Jesus is talking about this is what the kingdom of God is like. And then jumping to Mark 4, 33 through 34, it says, Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterwards, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. So here he would teach all day long, and then at the end of the day, he would draw his disciples to him, explaining what he had been talking about, allowing them 
to ask questions and continuing this teaching with this select few that he's doing. And then in verse 35 and 36, it says, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats were following him. So Jesus says at the end of the day, after he's done this teaching, he says, hey, let's go to the other side of the lake. And the disciples go, okay. And so they all pile into the boat, jump in, and off they go. But what they don't realize is, it's pop quiz time. Do y'all call them pop quizzes over here? The ones you didn't know were coming today? I hated those. Those would make me sweat. Did y'all sweat when y'all hear a teacher go, get out your paper, we're going to have a pop quiz. And I'd go, ah! I wish I really could have screamed. That's the way I felt. It was this, and I would get sweaty. Pop quiz times? I'm a studier. I like to study. I like control. I like to know what's about to happen to me. But Jesus is saying, let's go to the other side. <laughs> it's pop quiz time. Because have they learned what he has been teaching them? That's what our pop quizzes are. They are designed to tell us if we have learned the material. And then they also tell your teacher, you really do not know this material yet. And you go back and you start working on it again. So Jesus says, let's go to the other side. I would like to know, what have you learned so far? So in Mark 4, 37, it says, But soon a fierce storm came up. Now they left on calm. They wouldn't have gone out on a storm. So they left on the calm. Storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. So they're setting out. Everybody's having fun. It's been a great day. But the storm came out of nowhere. Now we should note this. This is really important to this message that I'm giving you. Were the disciples in God's will? Where they were? Yes. Jesus said, what did he say? Let's go to the other side. And they said, sure. They crawled in the boat. Jesus crawled in the boat. So they're in God's will. Jesus is right there with them in the boat. And suddenly, a storm comes up. Do you get that? Suddenly, a storm as they're in the middle of God's will. There was a phrase I heard before I became a missionary the first time. There's no safer place than in the center of God's will. That's not true. It's not a true statement. It's not safe being in the center of God's will. It's not safe doing what God says. When he says, let's go to the other side, there's nothing safe about following Jesus. And he's going to be right next to you and saying, it's pop quiz time. And a a storm will suddenly appear. The disciples were doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. And suddenly a fierce storm was there and the waves are crashing, and the water starts coming into the boat. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Where you knew that you were doing exactly what Jesus had asked you to do, and a storm came up? 
It was so big that you wondered, will this one just take me under? Would this one finish me off? Would Jesus, did you tell me we were really going to get to the other side of this? And in verse 38, it says Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? So Jesus is there sleeping in the storm. Now, he's not just kind of nodding with the rocking of the boat. I mean, y'all know how nodding is. You're just kind of up and your head pops when you, Brian's an expert, his never pops. He can sleep with his head straight. Mine falls everywhere. <laughs> so he wasn't doing that. He decided, I don't want to sleep like that. He intentionally got a pillow, put it under his head, and laid down. This was on purpose. He went to sleep on purpose. And they woke him up saying, don't you care we're about to die? Don't you just see Jesus just snoring away when all this chaos is going? They're saying, how could you sleep at a time like this? Don't you know what's going on? Our kids one time, all four kids were uh, living with us at this time, and our, uh, we were in another house, and the alarm system was set. When it went off, whoo, it was loud in the house. So this alarm goes off in the middle of the night, and Brian and I jump up, and we're running around trying to figure out what's going on. We finally get the alarm off. Then the alarm company comes. They ring the doorbell, which also was loud in the house. We open the gate, which beep, beep, beeped when the gate opens. The men walk around with Brian all over the yard. They're, oh, 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 I hear them everywhere. And then the gate beep, beep, beeps when they leave again. And then we set the alarm, boop, 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 one more time. All that done. And the next morning, I say to the kids, wow, that was a night, wasn't it? They go, what? <laughs> and I'm going, what do you mean, what? And they, I said, the, the alarm, the alarm company, everything, pop walking around the yard, everything, the dog's barking. Mm -mm. <laughs> no, we didn't know anything happened. All four children. How can you be sleeping at a time like this? Was what they're wanting to know. The disciples were truly in a storm. It was truly a physical storm. Absolutely nothing was under their control. The wind, the waves, the water coming into the boat, the water rocking back and forth. I imagine a wave would pick it up and you would feel it just feel the boat just drop down again. You can be exactly where Jesus has asked you to be. And suddenly you're in a situation where your life is completely out of control. I know you've been there with your children, with your marriage, with your finances, with your job, with your education, with your health, with the death of somebody you love. Actually, a lot of us have been there recently, haven't we? In this storm, when we have no control whatsoever. The disciples are not only in a physical battle, though, but they're also in the emotional battle of fear. Many of our disciples on this boat were fishermen. That was really their job before they became disciples with Jesus. And they knew the Sea of Galilee. They knew how to read the sky. They knew their boat. They knew how to use everything on their boat. There were some that weren't, like Matthew, who was the tax collector. He was just on for the ride. 
but most of them really were fishermen, and they knew all this. So now that this was occurring, all their logic says to them, we're going to die. We're going to die. Because they knew it. It all came together. The boat is filling up. It's almost tipping over. They know they are in trouble. And they are in full panic. So they finally, someone thinks, Jesus, where is Jesus in all this? And they find him what? Sleeping on his cushion as they're shouting. And it says they actually shouted because they had to. They didn't have to go, hey, Jesus, you might want to get up. No, (laughs) the storm was raging. It was noisy. And they shouted, Jesus, don't you care that we are about to drown? Ah, that's the question, isn't it? Jesus, don't you care that I'm here? You've asked it. Do you not care about me? Do you not care where I am right now? I have followed you into this. Don't you care that I'm falling apart? Don't you care that who I love is dying? We were at a, a grave, this, a funeral this week. Interestingly enough, as one lady is burying her husband, there's another young lady there in a wheelchair at this funeral who has cancer. Her husband actually led the service. But this lady is dying in the wheelchair. Dying like in the next few days, probably. Maybe not very long. She could barely hold her head up. Had this beautiful smile on her face. When they left, a lot of people that knew her cried. The lady who was burying her husband of 49 years cried saying goodbye to this lady because they figured this really was until heaven the last time they would ever see this lady. So I went to talk to the widow and I said, are you okay? How are you doing? And she says, I have a good life. I have a good story. I have a great God right now. I'm telling you, all is well. What a funeral. Burying one, watching another on her way, and this lady says, I have a good God. It's been a good life. Jesus, do you care? Do you care at those times? Suddenly, the circumstances, when we're looking at our lives, circumstances and who we believe Jesus is, they just don't come together. Because the problem with us Christians is this. We know he can fix this. We know it. Then we get to that problem. Do you not care about me? I know you can fix this. Suddenly, it just doesn't add up. Fill in the blank. You've got it today. Jesus, don't you care about? 
Have you ever been in that spiritual storm? That storm where your faith is truly dangling by a thread. And sometimes people actually walk away right there and never come back because they know he could have fixed it and he chose not to. In verse 39, when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence! Be still! Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. So when Jesus woke up, it says, so he truly was asleep. He wasn't faking it, like keeping one eye out open like that. He really was asleep. So how was that possible? How could he be sleeping in all this chaos? Because he knew who controlled the storm. He knew who was in charge of the winds and the waves. Do you know when my parents told me something was okay, it was okay. I didn't give it another thought. I remember times when my dad would say, no, it's all right. Don't worry. When I was a little girl, my mom was in the hospital a lot. And one particular time, my dad always made, this was always when my mom would go to the hospital, he called it goulash. What it was, he took everything in the fridge and dumped it in a pot and stirred it. He goes, ooh, I have great goulash for you to eat tonight. We love dad's goulash. We just thought it was so funny because you never knew what it was going to be. Whatever was already cooked by mom all went in one pot, and that was our goulash with dad. And he took care of us. He'd get us to school, try to comb our long hair, get us ready, wash our clothes. And we just did it. We didn't go see mom until she got out of the hospital. One particular time, she was gone a long time in the hospital, and we did life. And I remember when she got out of the hospital, I went to church, like we always did, and I was in Sunday school, and the teacher asked, what are you thankful for? And I said that my mom is out of the hospital. And the lady said, yeah, we thought your mom was going to die. We're thankful that she didn't die. And I went, what? My mom was about to die? I got so afraid. That scared me that day. And I came home and I said, you were about to die? And mom said, were you okay? I said, I was. And she said, then we were fine. Because my dad said we were fine. We were okay. In the storm that I didn't even know I was in. Because dad said we were okay. Jesus is asleep in this storm because he knows the father. He knows who's in control. And when he wakes up and tells the wind to stop, that verse says there was a great calm. <clears throat> there was an instant quiet. And have you ever been on the water where it just looks like glass? It mirrors everything. You can see the trees that are reflected in there are the clouds that are reflected in the water. So, so still. It goes from great chaos to a great calm. Why didn't they ask Jesus for help sooner? Have you ever done that? Where you've gone through chaos and you're at the end of yourself and finally you think, I ought to ask Jesus to help me with this. When you're really at the end, 
you say, Jesus, help me. And he shows up. Jesus only speaks to the storm after the disciples wake him up. After they say, Jesus, help us, Jesus speaks to the storm. In verse 40, then he asked them, and I bet he asked him this quietly because it's quiet now. Why are you afraid? Why do you have no faith? Why do you still have no faith? You've seen me do everything. You've seen the leper's skin turn clean. You've seen the blind man see again. You've seen me feed thousands of people with just a little bit of bread and fish. You have seen everything. Ah, you failed this pop test. Do you still have no faith? Why are you afraid? There's a great calm now. But I bet there's still clear evidence in this, at this day of that horrible storm. I mean, just think about it. They probably still have water past their ankles in their boat. There might be fish flapping through this water going by their feet. They are probably, because this was all instant, they are probably still standing there going, <gasps> they're probably doing that. Probably some have blood on their hands for trying to hold on to ropes so tightly it's burned through their hands. They have buckets where they've been tossing water that one of them might even be in the process when it became so calm. Maybe Matthew's puking over the side of the boat because he's seasick. There is still evidence that there was a storm. There was a storm. And now there's a great calm. Why are you afraid? And you look around and you're going, because this was a nightmare. Jesus says, peace. Be still. And his peace is not about all this external stuff that goes on. Because you know in this world, you are going to forever have external storms as long as we live here. He actually has told us that, that we are going to have trouble. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome this world. There will always be external storms. But he says to us, he says to our spirit, peace, why are you afraid? What are you so afraid of? Do you not know me yet? Do you still not have enough faith? It's that kind of peace that comes when chaos is all around you and you could get a cushion and fall asleep. The peace of God that passes all understanding, Philippians 4, will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Has anybody ever told you a story about someone and they said, they're so calm. I don't understand how they can be so calm at a time like this. The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you still have no faith? 
Jesus is asking us. Jesus has said uh, before, let's go to the other side. That's what he told them. Let's go to the other side. Now he wants to know, do you truly believe what I say or not? I said, let's go to the other side. Jesus uh, actually had an appointment. You read in the next chapter, he has an appointment on the other side with a man that has uh, demons in him. He's got an appointment. Because as soon as they land on the other side, the man with the demons show up. There's an appointment waiting for our, our Savior. So when he said, let's go to the other side, he meant, let's go to the other side. Jesus is asking, do you believe me or not? Jesus tells us the same. He's asking you the same thing. Every single day as you get out of bed, he's saying to you and to me, do you believe me or not? Do you believe this is going to be a great day? Do you think I'm going to be mighty in this day or not? Do you believe this or not? Let's go to the other side. Let's go see what's waiting for you on the other side. You know, I think about when Jesus has invited me to go to the other side, I go, yeah, that sounds fun. And I happily jump into the boat with Jesus to head to the other side on this great adventure. And at times that adventure became my biggest storms in my life to try to get to the other side. Are we going to believe Jesus and his promises in those times? Are we going to believe when he says he will never leave us nor forsake us as we're trying to go? Or are we going to focus on the external circumstances and panic and scream and maybe walk away? from our Heavenly Father. These are tests of our faith. We, God wants to grow in these times. He wants to grow bigger in our lives. We can't always stop fear from coming. I'm not telling you you're never going to be afraid again. But we have a choice. We have a choice to say, Jesus, I'm not okay. I have done that so many times. I have said, Jesus, here I am again. I am scared to death. I need your peace. I need it now. Circumstance did not change at any of those times I've ever prayed that, but I changed. His peace came over me. I tell you, I could feel it. It was a physical feeling when I've asked Jesus to be my peace. You will be afraid, but you don't have to sit in it. You don't have to live in it. You can say, Jesus, would you be my peace in this crazy storm? Perhaps Jesus is asking you right now, why are you afraid? Do you still not have faith in me? Are you passing the tests God has allowed to come into your life? Are you passing them? Or are you still needing some work here? I'm not, a, I'm not talking about having working up enough faith to get God to do what you want him to do. I'm not talking about having faith in yourself to have enough faith. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about knowing God so well that you can't help but trust him. You can't help but put a pillow under your head and go to sleep because you trust him. The calming of the waves and the wind. And then in verse 41, it says the disciples then were absolutely terrified. 
So they thought they were scared before. But now when he just suddenly stops the wind and the waves, they say, who is this man? Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Suddenly, they are really afraid. They're more afraid of God than they are their circumstances. They're more in awe of God than they have the fear of what's happening to them. I'm not saying our circumstances don't exist because they really, really do. But if we seek God first in our lives, every storm that comes is going to move you and me closer to him. Do you know, I have found that God gets bigger and bigger and bigger to me in my mind when he takes me through a storm because I discover he's bigger every time. How big is our God? You know, I don't know yet. I really don't know. But he gets bigger to me every storm I've ever been through because he shows himself mightier and mightier and mightier every time he takes me through another storm. And do you know when I fail the test, when I panic and scream and say, I'm falling apart, I'm going to die, our sweet God will retest me in this area again. He will say, you need to get back into my word. You need to study this. You need to spend time praying and talking to me about this. You need to work on this area of your life. Do you know I have spent 30, almost 32 years trying to get ready for the next time a huge storm comes into my life because I want the next time. I want to raise my hands. I want to say, you're so good, God, even in this. I trust you. You are so good. And I trust your heart. And I love you. And I know you love me. Because I didn't do it 32 years ago. I was angry. And I didn't know what he was doing in my life. And I thought, I can't trust you, God. Because you let things like this come into my life. But for 32 years... I've been asking God, get me ready. I don't ever want to be that person again. I don't want to be angry with him again when a storm comes. I want to say, yes, you're still God. You're still on your throne, and I still trust you even though my heart is breaking. That's who I want to be. I'm getting ready for the test. I'm spending time with my Heavenly Father knowing him more and more and more. Because I want to be ready. I want to know who he can be in the next huge storm. And I want to be ready to not miss a thing of who he is. And I want to show people, as I live daily in Vintage, Namibia, who my God is on just a normal day. I want to shine my Jesus on a normal day. I want to look like Christ on this day. I want people to see that I choose to walk so closely with him that nothing's going to steal my joy today. 
Elizabeth Elliott, I don't know if you've heard of her, uh, she's passed away now, but she and her husband, Jim Elliott, were missionaries uh, to Ecuador, and they were go going to be the first missionaries to the Aqua Indians, Aqua Indians, and um, Jim and a, a group of men went out to do their, one of their first meetings, and they killed them. The people killed these missionaries, and Elizabeth Elliott later went back and to these, this same people group to share Jesus with them herself later. Spent two years there. She says, quote, this is her quote, In my own life, I think I can honestly say that out of the deepest pain has come the strongest conviction of the presence of God and the love of God. Out of her deepest pain came the strongest conviction of the presence of God and the love of God. That can be my quote. I wouldn't have said it that well. But that, that's me. That's you. That's you who are still walking with Jesus, even though you've been through the deepest of pain. That you discovered the presence of God and the love of God in a way you would have never known it if you hadn't been through that storm. Lamentations 3. 19 through 24 says, The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Yet, I still dare to hope when I remember this. This is that song we just sang, Great is Your Faithfulness. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. When I wake up, when you wake up in the morning, his mercies are new. Just enough for this day. It's all there. It's like God's just saying, I've got it all here for you. Everything you're going to need today, right there. Mercies and love, new every morning. Nothing in this world makes sense, but his love and his mercies do. They're new every single morning. In Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he has faced all the same testing we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, there we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When you're going through things, and when you're not going through things, read God's promises. Sing God's promises. You know, in one of my favorite things that I sing in my car is, This is the day the Lord has made. Psalm 118.24. I sing that. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. If you ever pass my car, very often I'm singing that. 
And sometimes I sing it that quiet. Sometimes my heart goes, no, it's not. I don't believe it yet. So then I go, this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And I do it louder and louder. My windows are rolled up, by the way. And louder. And then I laugh with Jesus because I sound awful. But my heart feels better. This is the day the Lord has made. I will. I choose it. I will rejoice and be glad in this day. Ask him to help you live victoriously through this day. Nothing to fear. He's going to be enough for this day. I don't know what this day holds. Do you? We're in it, but I don't know what's going to happen. Jesus says this day has enough trouble of its own. So this day, let's get ready. Let's have an awesome day. Let's be glad in this day. And like the song, Rico and them are going to play it one more time for us. You're still God says, I know that I can trust God's heart. No matter what comes in this day, I can trust his heart. I can trust this one truth is my story. He still reigns, and he's still God. Stand and let's sing that one more time. This is Rico Vecca, and I'm also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.